0: i saw a a picture i have several global missions friends and i saw a picture of one of my friends posted and it was a a pastor in africa that just got a new motorcycle and he had his family of seven riding the motorcycle to church and and it said if if he can make it amen i'm glad you made it today amen i'm glad i know some of you it was a struggle to get here but i'm glad you made it because it's a special time amen when we can get together And worship the king of kings. Amen. I want to welcome you today. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm Pastor AJ Dummett, the Crossroads Lead Pastor, and I'm welcoming all of you and even those of you watching online today. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we really look forward to seeing you in person soon. Amen. Last week, we talked about asking for God's glory and lining up our lives uh, to have his presence with us every day and in every situation. And then we can ask for God's glory. Once we line up our lives and we have his presence near us, we can ask, God, show us your glory. Show us your glory in this relationship. Show us your glory in this situation. Amen? And that's what we want to do is we want to ask, amen, for his presence and his glory to uh, lead and guide us. This week we're going to go back and we're going to visit the original principle of asking Because the scripture says, if we ask, we shall receive. Thank you. If we ask, we shall. You cannot receive unless you, amen. You're already ready to go. I think it's time for us to stop being insecure about our communication with God and just ask God. Amen. Just ask him for the strength to complete his will in our lives. So let's, if you would, let's turn to Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to read two verses, and then you can just be seated after that. Matthew 26, verse 39. And the King James says, and he went a little farther. Sometimes you just have to go a little farther. The disciples had gone so far, and Jesus went a little farther. He set an example for us by going a little farther. Look at your neighbor and say, Let's go a little farther today. And fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And then the same uh, situation in, in the same uh, setting in Luke 22, verse 41. It says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. That's because he went farther. And he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, Jesus prayed, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthened him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. But I go back to this simple simple concept he asked not my will i want your will amen lord jesus thank you for your word thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives draw us closer to you and help us god to ask for your will to be accomplished and the strength to accomplish your will in our lives and god we will give you the glory and the praise in jesus name everybody say amen amen you may be seated Jesus was actually teaching us uh, one of the most, I think, important lessons in uh, prayer or just about prayer that we could we could even imagine in this passage. Because if you're like me, maybe you read through this passage, you you've seen this passage several times, but maybe you've missed the point and maybe you've missed the concept that Jesus is showing us here. Have you ever... Prayed, Or maybe you heard somebody pray, God, show us what your will is for us. Anybody ever heard that pray or, or you pray that yourself? God, we want to know what your will is for us. Many times uh, people pray a prayer uh, about God's will like it is some far out plan that's impossible for us to know or even imagine. And, and that couldn't actually be farther from the truth. And so my job today in the next few moments is to inspire you and to encourage you that you can actually know and accomplish God's will with his help. Amen? Don't don't sleep on me yet. I'm going to try not to bore you. Can I ask you something today? Let me ask you something as we start here. If you don't know exactly what you're praying for, how would you know if you actually received it? How would you know? If you don't know what you're praying for, David prayed this prayer in Psalm 143, 10. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. He understood what he was praying. He wanted to be led into into the land of uprightness. He wanted to do what was right. He wanted to do the will of God. So it is possible to know what the will of God is. Yes, it is. Emphatically, yes, we can know what the will of God is. If God gave us instruction and and we didn't follow it, how would we expect or why would we expect to be given further instruction if we didn't follow the original instruction? The Bible tells us that we should know and we should understand the will of God in Ephesians 5:17. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Colossians 1, 9, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You, you can know what the will of God is. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We must know, we must understand the will of God and be transformed into who God wants us to be. That's why this is so important. Jesus did pray for God's will, but it was never because he was confused about what it was. He did it two times in the Bible, and both times he did it, it shows us a secret to an effective prayer life and communicating with God. You want to know what it is? I'm going to give you the answer today. Let's look at the similarity. It's the key to understanding how to ask for God's will to be accomplished in our lives. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, and I told you we would, start with this uh, that most people start with this and that's true. This is where really it starts because this is what Jesus said when they said, how should we pray? Teach us how to pray. Jesus said in this manner, therefore, pray our father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as we, as, debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus said, this is how you pray. You pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do you think his will is carried out in heaven? How do you think? Do you think that the angels, whenever, uh, whenever God says, hey, uh, this is what I want to happen, do you think the angels say, okay, let's talk about this? Maybe there's a better way to do this, God. Do you think they argue with him? Do you think they try to give him their suggestions? No. I, I think the way that God's will is carried out in heaven is God says it, and boom, it's done. No, no questions, no arguments. No, no debates. I think when God says it, his will gets carried out just like he intends for it to. And so what we're praying, what, what, what Jesus taught us how to pray was we pray your kingdom come in the way that your kingdom comes is when your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. I know that I'm not, this is not anything you haven't heard, and you're like, well, you're, you're acting like this is revolutionary. It's not really revolutionary. It's just so simple. We've missed it. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. We've got to talk to God. We have to have open communication. We have to have uh, intentional communication with God, and this is the way he taught us to pray. He said, pray that we can get to the place that his will is accomplished on earth the same way that it's accomplished in heaven that we will then submit our will and surrender our desires and all of our ambitions to what he wants, just like it happens in heaven. I didn't think it was going to be popular. In fact, I knew that when I said that, some of you, your first thought was going to be, oh, no, because we like to have discussions with God. We like to argue with him. We like to give him our viewpoints. We, we, have, we make a whole list of things. Well, what about this, God, and what about that? You're not talking to anybody who hasn't done it. I mean, I'm telling you right now, we, we like to put in our assertion of, okay, God, I know that's what you want, but really can't we just have it this way? I mean, look at, look, look, this is humanity, right? Lot, get out of the city. If you don't get out of the city, I'm destroying the city. Your family's going to be destroyed. Lot, go. As he's leaving the city, okay? As he's leaving the city, the angels tell him, the word of God, go to this place. And what does Lot do? What does he do? He says, wait a second, that's really far. Can I just go to this place? That is humanity. God, you're you're asking too much of me. I mean, the fire and the brimstone is falling. He he his wife has already turned to salt. And he still is arguing with God about where he should go. I said, Whoo, man, that guy, like really, I, I mean, Abraham, he kind of he he negotiated with God, but he was trying to save Lot and his family. Lot's just Lot's just looking out for himself. He's just doing what's easy for him, even though he knew what God's will was. He still wanted to say, "Can I do this instead?" Many of us we get in the same uh, the same shape because we we want to just say, "Okay, God, I know that what you you want total commitment, but can I just give you three quarter commitment?" Can I just go part of the way? Do I really have to go all the way? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, Seek the kingdom of God. First, first, not as an afterthought, not when everything else in my life is figured out. He said, Seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness And then all these things shall be added unto you. But we have messed that up so bad we seek all the other things and try to add in the kingdom of God. And that's our priority. Our priorities are, 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 are out of whack. And our priorities should not be what we want or what we need or how we feel at any given moment. Our focus should be doing our part in the kingdom of God, seeking his will and seeking his plan to be accomplished. And when we put his things first in our life, he promises that all of the things that we need will be taken care of. He will take care of everything that we need. man and and look at it again he says verse uh, Matthew 6 31 he says therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for after all these things the Gentiles seek he said your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you he can't make it any more clear than it already is We're we're all seeking all the things that we want, all the things that we need. And he says, you've got it backwards. You need to flip it around. If you'll seek the kingdom of God first, if you'll put me first in my righteousness and what I have planned for your life, if you'll consider that and put it first, you know what? You'll have all the other things. But until you get the priorities right, not only will you not have those other things, you won't have me. Could it be that our problem is not that we don't know what God's will is for our life, but that we choose not to do God's will and seek his kingdom first? Could it be that that's our problem? Our problem is not really, you know, uh, I don't know what God's will is. I don't know what he wants me to do. No, no, that's usually not our problem. The second time that Jesus prayed for God's will to be done was in our scripture text in both places. We we knew this, okay? But Jesus uh, saw and he, he lined this out so that we could understand it. Jesus already knew what the will of God was. That's the secret, okay? Jesus already knew what the will of God was. We can know the will of God when we have the mind of Christ. That's why we have to pray, let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. How do we do this? How do we have the mind of Christ? How can you have the mind of Christ? How do you have the mind of Christ? I don't know, Pastor. How how am I supposed to have the mind of Christ? Through communicating with God and his word. Through shutting off the other voices that speak into our mind. Not allowing Uh, media and and news and and all the other things that go on in our society to corrupt our thinking to the place where we don't have the mind of Christ. And we can't hear spiritual things and we can't focus on spiritual things. So how do we have the mind of Christ? We have to communicate with God and through his word. We cannot claim that something is God's will if we know it does not line up with his word. Quit trying to justify what you want and saying, I think this is God's will for my life. Because you prayed about it, and I I prayed about it, Pastor, and I just, I feel like this is what God wants. Baloney! If it doesn't line up with his word, it's not what he wants. I I know that's not going to make anybody happy. But if God's word clearly states that it's not right, you can't be doing God's will while you're going against his word. First Corinthians 2.16, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We, We can't instruct him. We can't tell him what to do. But we can have his mind and we can know what he wants us to do. You know what God wants for every one of us? He wants for us to know and to understand His will and to live by faith every day to fulfill His will. That's what He wants. The Holy Ghost is your guide. The Holy Ghost is your helper. The Holy Ghost is your teacher. It will lead you to a full understanding of God's will for your life. You've got to have His Spirit in your life. Do you want... Do you really want God's will in your life? See, we're talking about asking for God's will to be done in our lives. Do you really want his will to be done in your life? If you do, then you've got to seek the kingdom of God first. And here's what it will take. Number one, it will take hunger. You have to have hunger. If you want God's will, there's got to be a desire to begin with, I I, I, I hope, uh, I really want uh, to, to inspire that hunger, to inspire that desire in you that you can actually live a life on a different level, and that you don't have to live life on the same lower base human level of human desires and human ambitions of lust, sin, and death that pulls you away to destroy you and to alienate you from God. But I want to inspire hunger in you that you can know God's will and you can do God's God's will, and you can seek after his priority and his kingdom and his righteousness in your life. I wish you'd just pray a little prayer right now and say, God, help me to be hungry. God, help me to be hungry. Help me to want your righteousness. Help me to want your kingdom in my life. Help me to want your, your will to be accomplished in my life. Because that's not something that the church can give you. That's not something that is, it's transferred by osmosis, just by you being around us. Uh, you, you've got to have a hunger in your heart. And if you don't have a hunger, there's nothing that we can do. We can't make you be hungry. My grandfather, he raised cattle for many years. And, uh, you know, one of the things he told me, he said, you know, they, they say you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink. And he said, but there is a secret. And I said, what is it, Grandpa? And he said, you can put salt in his oats. So I'm hoping that today I'm putting a little salt in the oats. I'm hoping that before you leave this message today, you say, man, I want more of God. I want more of his presence. I want more of his glory in my life. I want his will to be accomplished through my life. You've got to have hunger. The scripture says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. But the opposite of that is true. If you do not hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will not be filled. The second thing that it's going to take for you to accomplish God's will is your habits. The first one was hunger, but the second one is habits. What good habits are you committed to in your life? Are you committed to reading and meditating on God's word daily? No, well, that could be part of your problem. We, we watch sports. We watch movies. We watch all kinds of things. We listen to all kinds of music that affects our moods and our, our feelings. And, and, and we do all this stuff, and, and we think, hey, you know, uh, I'm okay, and everything's all right. And we kind of blindly walk through life, but we don't really ever spend time with the one who gave us life. We don't spend time seeking after his will in our life. And so a lot of times we put off reading and meditating on his word. You cannot know what God's will is if you don't spend time in his word. If you're praying for God's will, but you never get into his word, you're, you're wasting your time because his will is revealed in his word. He's not going to go against his word. If he he says it in his word, that's what he wants. That's his will. That's what he is desiring. So when we get into the word, even if it's not the specific verse you're reading, he can transfer his will into your mind and into your heart. He can let you know the direction that you should go. Read and meditate on God's word every day. The second habit that I want to just encourage you to do is spend time communicating with God. When was the last time that you just had an open conversation with him? And I'm, I'm, I'm not, not trying to say that you just talked to him for an hour. I'm saying when was the last time that you talked and then you just waited for an answer? And then you, you talked a little bit more and, and you, you may not have heard an audible voice, but you felt like God was speaking something into your spirit. You felt like he was saying something. When was the last time? So have a communication line that is open with God. Spend time on a regular basis communicating with him. The the next habit I want to encourage you to have is keeping the right people in your life. It's hard for us to keep going the right direction if we don't have the right people in our life. You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Amen? Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. If you, if you hang out with people who disrespect God, they disrespect the church, they have nothing but negative things to say, you, it won't be long. You won't stay in church very long. You won't stay, you know, seeking after God. If you've got the wrong people around you, I'm telling you, those, those influences, they will pull you away. Keep the right people in your life. The next habit I want to encourage you to have is uh, partake in preaching and worship regularly. They're, it's hard for us. We're human and it's almost like we need our spiritual batteries recharged. It's hard for us. If we stay away from preaching, we stay away from celebrating God together and worshiping him. And it, it, it's becomes so easy when we start missing and when we start uh, uh, taking a Sunday off here and there. And, and it just becomes so easy for us to get out of the habit. And, and, and then it's like, well, I still go, but I only go once a week. And then it's like, well, I still go, but I only go once a month. And then, and then eventually, well, I go on Christmas and Easter. Pastor, I'm not, I'm not one of those people. I, I try to come most of the time, but there's just sometimes. I'm not saying uh, for, for those circumstances where, where something you, you have, you know, emergencies. I'm, I'm talking about whenever it becomes easy for you to stay away from the preaching. And whenever it becomes easy for you to stay away from the well, they don't sing the songs that I like. Guess what? We sing a bunch of different ones. Stick around. We'll find something that you like. All right? I promise. But even if you don't like it, that's not a prerequisite for worshiping. I can worship with songs even I don't like. Yes, it's much easier to worship with songs that I like, but, but it's not really about the song. It's not really about the beat. It's, not, it's really about my connection to him. Amen? And the last habit, I could go on, but the last habit that I would tell you is serving others and partnering spiritually. You know, Jesus set the example for us, right? He took the towel and so and he showed us what we are supposed to do. He said, in the way that I have served you, you serve other people. And so we have to, if we're going to be like Jesus, we can't just attend and soak everything in. We have to learn how to serve. We have to learn how to give back because we all have been given gifts in the body of Christ and we're supposed to put those gifts to use. Do you know that God supplies everything that the body needs by all of its members? God puts it all together. It's his design. It's his body. And he gives gifts to us so that we can actually see his will accomplished in this community, in the body of Christ. So we serve others. So what what are some habits... I say reading and meditating on God's word every day, spending time communicating with God regularly, keep the right people in your life, preach, preaching and worship, partaking in that regularly, serving others and partnering with people spiritually. You say, well, what's, what's all that have to do? Well, I want God's will to be done in my life. It's not that I don't know what his will is. It's just it's hard for me to do it. Let, let's just be honest. If it was... If it was a struggle for Jesus, it's going to be a struggle for us. Jesus said, if it's possible, let this cup pass. I I really, his, his flesh was saying, I really don't want to have to do this. But he prayed for strength, and he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. You and I have to get to that place where we say, God, I know this This is what you want. when we pray for God's will, we already have a good idea of what God's will is. And we'll, we'll talk to our friends. We'll ask a poll on Facebook or Instagram. We'll do all these things trying to see if we can avoid actually doing the will of God. Do you think it would be okay if... I've had people ask me that. Do you think, Pastor, do you think this would be okay? Do you think God... You think God would be upset if, if, and all I can say is, I know what the word of God says. I I, I don't think that God, uh, no, I don't, it's not that I don't think, I know that God is not ever going to go against his word. And so we've got to quit resisting God. We've got to quit resisting his will for our lives. We've got to have total surrender and we've got to ask God to forgive us for doing life our way and not his. very quiet today and I'm coming to a close but this isn't in my notes this is just something that I've been praying about i have been praying that God would give us authority over the principalities and powers that are around in our area and I say God I want to I want to have a better understanding of what to pray and how to pray and so I feel like God has given me something this week and and I I I wasn't even sure if I was going to share it today, but I feel like I need to share it because it's really tight in here right now. And I need to help you understand what's going on. So in our area, this area is plagued by a spirit. And I've prayed for many years to to understand it better. And I feel like I'm getting there. I don't feel like I've got it figured out, but I feel like I'm getting somewhere. And, And this is the spirit that I feel like this area is plagued by. It's the Ananias and Sapphira spirit. And some of you are like, what, what is Ananias and Sapphira? If you read in, in the book of Acts, you read about a man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira. And, and the, the story is very simple. They were giving all, everybody was giving all that they had uh, to help the kingdom, to help the, the church. And the, the early churches, they got started. They were kind of a, a communal uh, deal. They, they, they gave to every man as they had need. They, they kind of, it was different then it was you know everybody just sold everything they had and they they gave to help the cause okay and so what happens with Ananias and Sapphira the scripture says is that they sold a piece of land that they had and they sold this land and then when they went to give it uh, they they gave part of the price but they didn't give all of the price they gave part of what they had sold it for but they didn't give the the complete amount and so uh, Ananias comes in, and he presents this, this offering, and uh, for whatever reason, I, I mean, I didn't see where there was ever any command that they were supposed to get. It was just kind of what they felt like they were supposed to do. Everybody was giving all. And and I, you know, again, there was no command that I saw that they, that they had to. It was just they knew that that's what God wanted from them. So, So when they came and they presented their their gift, they they lay down their gift, and, and the, the apostle asked, did you give all of the price? And Ananias said, yeah, yeah, we gave it all. That's everything. And the apostle says, why did you lie to the Holy Ghost? Why, why did you keep back part of the price and then lie to the Holy Ghost you, this was in your possession to do with whatever you wanted to but what you were doing and I want you to understand this what you were doing is you were saying you were giving everything but you really weren't and so Sapphira comes in we know the, the story or maybe you don't know the story but Ananias like when Peter says this, he falls down dead the young men came, carry, carried him away. Sapphira comes a little bit later. She doesn't know what's happened. And uh, Peter calls her and says, hey, you know, did you guys give all the price? Or did you just give some of it? And she said, no, we gave it all. And he said, why did, why did Satan put it in your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Because now the men that carried your, dead husband out. They're going to come carry you out and she fell down dead. Now, some of you are like, oh my goodness, what are you saying? This is way deeper than I was expecting to go today. The spirit that we deal with the most in this area has a lot to do with the military influence. I'm not saying the military is bad, but this is what military is taught They're disciplined to do what they're taught to do. You're given an order, you just do it. And so I feel like there is this pervasive culture of I'm told by Uncle Sam what to do, I don't need anybody else telling me what to do. Well. And so. How does that relate to, to Ananias and Sapphira and, and, and what we're going through here? Well, we've got a lot of people that they know what God's will is, and they, 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 they really kind of want to do that. Well, they want to be a part of it, but they're not willing to go all in. Because they're not willing to go all in, they don't want to look like an outsider. And so a lot of times they will present as if they are going all in, but they're not really all in. And I prayed about that this week, and I said, God, what do I do? What, what, what can we do? He said, we've got to expose that spirit, and then we've got to deal with it. We've got to take authority over it. So we're going to take authority over that Ananias and Sapphira spirit that presents as if it's all in, but it's not really. It's just a show. And some of you, you're, you're not happy. Your, your spirit right now is not happy that I'm, that's because I'm exposing that. And we all are tempted, every single one of us is tempted to go part in but not all in. And here's the problem with it. When we only give part of ourself and we don't give all of ourself, we're dead and we don't even know it yet. Because I've wondered for years why people can just leave this church. I'm like, God, we have loving people here. There are good people here. There's never been that I know of. There's never been any moral corruption. There's never been any uh, financial corruption. There's never been anything that would push people away from this. How could people just walk away? And he said they were dead and they didn't know it they presented as if they were giving everything to God and they were going all in they really loved God with all their heart but that wasn't really their priority their priority was just to, to fit in so what do we do we have to we have to expose it if that's if that's in your heart today and you say well man I, I know that that's been me I've been I've really been struggling with this I've been struggling with how uh, how how I'm living, and I know that I'm not really sold out a hundred percent. I know that I haven't given God everything, and I know there's part of me that I'm holding back on God. Then, if that's you today, I want to tell you there is hope for you. I want to tell you there's deliverance for you today. All Ananias and Sapphira would have had would have had to have done was they would have just had to have been truthful and honest. This is what I this is what I want to say. I usually don't get this mouth dry. This is intense today, and you you don't you don't realize it, but that, that's okay. We're praying and fasting, things are gonna happen, things are gonna get exposed, it's just gonna happen. But this is what needs to happen when Ananias and Sapphira were called on it. They should have just been honest. Because when you're honest, guess what? There's forgiveness. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So if you'll just be honest and say, I've only been halfway in. I'm not really been all the way. I've only been part of the way. I'm not all there yet. But I, I'll at least I'll admit to it today. Now, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. Now, that would be something, right? Some of you are like, I don't want to fall down dead. Now, I'm, I, you know, that I don't even think that's danger of happening physically to you today but I will say if you won't admit it you're you're dead spiritually and you just haven't acknowledged it yet because people can leave and I wonder how can they leave and they they just so quickly fade and God said they they were never really all in pastor I think you're taking this a little far I'm Can you just get back to reading the Bible and praying every day yes we can definitely do that but you know what it's gonna take it's gonna take us being honest it's gonna take us being painfully honest and the only way that we can do that is we can say okay not where I need to be I've let other things become more important I've had a higher priority on these other things than I have on the will of God being accomplished in my life, than his kingdom and his righteousness being in my life. And if we'll just admit it, if we'll just confess it, if we will be truthful, come to terms with it, there's forgiveness for you. Amen. There is hope for you. And this is why I'm saying this. There is hope for this community. There is hope for this church. That's why. Amen. That's why God's helping us to see this because he wants this spirit to be dealt with. The scripture says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, we've got to take authority over the spirit, amen, that has bound this area for so long. And we need to start saying, God, help us not to be bound by the Ananias and Sapphira spirit that only presents as giving all, but doesn't really give it all. Help us, God, to give it all. Help us, Lord, to sacrifice whatever it takes for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And if you haven't, Turn from your ways to go God's way. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, guess what? We already know that that's his will for our life. Amen. That's his will. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Today is your day. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, go ahead, be baptized today. If you've already turned to God from doing things your way, say, God, I'm ready to be washed. I want to be made clean, amen, by your blood. Be washed in the name of Jesus today. And then today, God wants to fill you with his spirit. The gift of the Holy Ghost to help you know what His will is and to be able to accomplish His will in your life. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, God will give you the ability to speak in a language that you never learned. And this is exactly what happens when people are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time. We see it all through the book of Acts, and we've experienced it here in our local church. Amen. We know that this is how it happens, we know this is God's will for you to be saved, to put his kingdom first in your life. And guess what? 2 Peter 3, 9, as I close, says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Would you stand with me today? In, in this house, there are those who need to respond, and you need to not respond like Ananias and Sapphira and come and present like, God, I'm, I'm giving all, but you need to come today. And, and the devil's going to try to keep you in your seat. He's going to try to make you think, well, it's okay. Uh, you can just kind of go along and get along. No, you need to, to, to come to God and say, God, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to seek your kingdom first in my life. I'm going to ask for your will to be done in my life as it's done in heaven. And God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender. That's what Jesus had to do. I'm going to surrender my will to yours. But you don't understand. Things have already gone too far. There's no way that I could actually have God's will in my life. Yes, yes, you can. Start today. Start today. There, there, is, there is hope for you today. Ananias and Sapphira had the opportunity. They just didn't take it. And because they didn't take it, what was already the case presented itself, that they were dead. When you're spiritually dead, you are separated from God. The scripture says we are dead in our trespasses and sins, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory and causes us to triumph. Why? Because we're willing to repent. We're willing to be honest. We're willing to admit where we are and say, God, I haven't been all in, but today it's going to change. I want your will in my life. Man, this altar's open today. I want you just to come, and I want you to spend time talking to Him. I want you to present to you, to to Him where you are. Just be honest and be real with yourself and with Him, and watch if He doesn't change some things and He doesn't put that that principality under your feet today. That spirit that's trying to hold you back. I want to see what God wants to do in my life. I want his will to be accomplished in me. I don't want to think that I don't know the will of God. I know what it is. I know what his word says, and I want to apply that to my life. I want to see his will accomplished. Let's talk to him today.